This Cat William episode was something different. The Griff Report starts right now. Two, one, boom. Hotep Jesus. Of all the Jesuses I know, he's the Hotepiest. Social scientist and YouTube host, Hotep Jesus. How the fuck do you get a name like Hotep Jesus? It's the one and only Hotep Jesus. Ryan Sharp, better known to the world as Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep, Hotep, Hotep Jesus. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Somebody said... What do you think you are? Some kind of Hotep Jesus? Ooh, and that's I was good. Just like, ooh, that's sexy. <laughs> yes, I do think I'm Hotep <laughs> Jesus. Greetings, Hoteps. Welcome to the Griff Report live Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm your host, the Griff God. Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep, Hotep, Hotep Jesus. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Oh, this is a real Hotep, brother. Hotep to the chat. Hotep to the Hotep of Stannies. Hotep. What's up, y'all? It's Friday. We made it. We made it another week. Another week above ground to success. Welcome. Robert Jones, what up, man? Lauren's in the house. Lauren's ready for, for, for the grifties. Just sending a Loki into his house. Jack Reeves is into his house. Who's over on the Rumble? What up, Kay? Leah? I see y'all over on Rumble holding it down. Patty NC just started following you. Okay. Welcome to our new followers over on the Rumbles. Appreciate you. Hopefully, I got a chance to uh, check out last night's episode. Hotel has been told you another classic in the books. Shout out to Nerd Nash, NerdNash.com uh, for producing a wonderful, wonderful show and picking our topics for us last night. Greatly appreciate it. Hotep Paisa, what up, man? Says we out here over on Rumble. What up, y'all? Um, gotta show y'all something really fast. <clears throat> Let's see if we can pull this up. Uh, something I, I I didn't expect. I just you know was going through the motions, right? You know, you know they say going through the motions. In some ways this could be good. In some ways it could be bad. In this case, it turned out to be good. But just going through the motions, right? You just set shit up and then you execute, right? Well, we set up the grifties, execute it, and the result is this show is sold out. I'm over here telling them, hey, can you optimize the page so we can get more sales? It's sold out. It's sold out. Shut up, Hotep Jesus, with your marketing shit. The show is sold out, bro. Tickets are gone packed house sold out show that is like that's a new milestone in my career in a hotep's career and hotep is stand this is a milestone i i you know like sometimes you think of these things like you know a sold out show right like that's just something i never imagined i'd be saying a sold out show it 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 sort of surreal it's, it's sort of surreal just amazing shout out to y'all shout out to all the grifties ticket holders loki said jersey ain't ready i don't think so i don't think jersey ready man uh he said have you heard royce white song royce the five nine song woke he says hotep 20 times 
Yeah, I I still feel like he threw us a bone with that one. Pause. I feel like he was showing us some love because he's seen the work we put out here. And he was like, let me get these fools some an- uh, 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 anthem. Shout out to Royster59. Epic lyricist. What up, Renee? Renee put the flyer together. Appreciate you, Renee. If y'all need graphic work, holla at Renee Vogel. He right there in the chat. If y'all need some of them graphics. Just amazing graphics. Um, Yeah. Haram Life. What up, Haram Life? Sold out. Friday night is sold out, too. We had, um, let me see if I can pull that up and show it to you. Uh, yeah, here we go. Oh, this, 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 so this is the Friday night show. Sam Tripoli is hosting. And um, if you look right here, you see right here, it says, Hotep VIP sold out. So we sold out at two shows. We sold out our VIP for Sam Tripoli's event. And we sold out our event. Shout out to Sam Tripoli. Appreciate you for being involved in this. Being a great, great partner. In fact, it was Sam Tripoli that hooked us up with the spot. I was like, Sam, we need to do a show. You know, a comedy club we could do this at? And he was like, yeah. And he hooked us up. He hooked us up. So shout out to Sam. Um, let's do another round of announcements. Show some love to our wonderful cast here. What's the easiest way to do this? Um, what? Ah, okay. So here we got the whoops hold on here we got the uh the cast of the grifties finalized confirmed alex stein primetime 99 just added just added tyrus great job mike shout out to fresh mike just added tyrus from the Gutfell show lila hart's gonna be joining us of course nerd nash nerdnash.com is gonna be there Cannon Hotep, Sam Tripoli, Sonny Johnson, Chrissy Mayer, and Shane Cashman of Timcast IRL. Amazing. Amazing. And of course, shout out to our sponsor, Dropkick Copy, dropkickcopy.com. Go to dropkickcopy.com slash Hotep if you want to learn or hire somebody that can turn fiery words into cold hard cash this is the art of sales copywriting so if you guys want to you know you got a website or something like that or a sales mailer going out dropkickcopy.com slash hotep our wonderful people over in dubai who was the pretty much sole sponsor of the grifties salute to you um, maybe next year we can get some American companies to sponsor. We're going to have to start sponsorships, um, right after this year's grifties and start those conversations, get those conversations going for next year. Um, but yeah, yeah, super, super dope. We should come out to Royce White's song on stage. It's a really good idea. Where is, uh, where is protocol? Protocol's DJing. So, all right, excuse me. Without further ado, Let's dive right into what we're going to talk about today. 
entire show is going to be filled with uh hold on let me see this match is still going recently you may have noticed i was watching um alex and andrea uh botas yeah yeah it's over okay um they were playing over in the Prague Chess Festival. Just watching that earlier. Um, all right, let's go ahead and um, pull this on up. Wait, why did it? Um, Alt. Okay, let me see here. Let's type it in this one. And um, I have some bookmarks. I have some bookmarks for. I watched the entire episode of the Cat Williams. Um, Joe Rogan experience, and I have a couple of timestamps, and we're just gonna go through them and, and talk about them. Some fascinating is a fascinating conversation. Fascinating, fascinating conversation. Uh, some people said it was boring. I think people who said it was boring were probably looking for, you know, uh, a club Shay Shay type situation where he aired people out. And this was not that. This just wasn't that. It's a very uh, intellectual conversation. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into the first timestamp. I don't remember what the timestamps are. I didn't put subject matters with them because I'm listening and, and typing on the timestamps at the same time. So I have timestamps and I'll listen and we'll make some comments along the way. Let's listen. Yeah, but I've felt that way. This is a magic number too. Two, one, one, one. Um, twelve, thirteen times. That's what makes it real love. Yeah, they give you real joy. Yeah. Every time you drive them. And you feel like Oh, okay, this part. That character in that movie. You Fuck know? Yeah. Like Yeah. Yeah, you drive a nineteen seventy Chevelle, you feel like John Wick. Yeah, it's a sacred, <laughs> sacred place. There's music there, there's yeah. recklessness, but there's safety. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like um it, it gets to the essence of a being. And I think it's a thing that won't exist a hundred years from now. I think automated driving will be mandatory. I really do. I don't. I think we're about a wow. hundred years away. A hundred years away from no, no personal automobiles. No control of your vehicle. We're gonna stop all crashes. We could stop all crashes and all highway deaths. Come on, cat. Won't you contribute and give up all your rights to drive? We're it's, gonna stop all death. Yeah, it's not. But understand that it. All of these things have um, financial benefits, and then they use those perks you just mentioned to get you in. But yeah, I, I yeah, but I, making I, money. I believe that um, it'll be mandatory, but hmm. but for practical <clears throat> reasons. I have a feeling it'll be mandatory. He says he's talking about the autonomous vehicles, and um, I think I had this conversation with. Um, Charles Haywood, if I'm not mistaken, I believe we spoke about this. And he was he was skeptical. He's like, no, I don't think that's going to happen. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what world does Charles Haywood li live in? I would love to get inside the mind of Charles Haywood. Pause and, and figure out how he does not see this as a potential future. Joe sees it. I see it. Cat sees it. But Charles doesn't. And I find Charles very fascinating and educated. And it's just like, I got to save Charles. I got to save Charles Haywood. We got to save him. He's a good mind. We need him on the right side. We need him in Hotepistan. But we've got to unlock his mind. It's like he hasn't taken the red pill yet. Love him. He's got to take the red pill. They are The next step is 
um, autonomous vehicles completely owned and controlled by the government. And um, we're going to get to those forbidden topics. Absolutely. Um, and and I was speaking to somebody. So one of the things that Joe talked about in this segment was. Uh, forget the guy he referenced. You guys know who I'm talking about. Michael something. And. Um, they were. Um, talking about how he died in this crash. And Joe said that if your car has a computer, they can hack it. You don't even need the autonomous or EV vehicles. If your if your car has a computer, they can hack it. Is what he's saying. This is quite terrifying. Um. And uh, so you know, one of my goals is, you know, I'm gonna show you my dream car. Hold on a second. I gotta show you my dream car in order for you to understand how real this is. Um. Let's see if we can find it. There she go. Oof. Oof. I need one of these, man. I need one of these. Matter of fact, now let me get this this view right here. Oh, this baby is so sexy. Oh my God. Oh, look at her. Oh. It made my stomach hurt how much I love this car. Look at this. Look at this. 1967 Shelby. See, you got to get something that ain't got no computer in it. Some of that good American muscle. So when I make it, this is what you guys are going to see me in. Pull up. It's going to sound like a monster crawling down the street. I'm going to have me one of these. This is my dream car. I need one of these. I have to have one of these. I don't want to. I can't say I don't want a Lamborghini because those are nice cars too, but I don't want a Lamborghini. I don't want a Ferrari. I don't want any of these new cars. I don't want a Tesla. Cybertruck is pretty cool. But if I have one of those, like newer computer cars, I need to have one of these just in case some shit go down. Just in case some shit go down. All right, let's go back. I'm sorry. You know me. I'm going to fucking be all off topic and on topic at the same time at some point. All right, let's go to the next time timestamp. It's somewhere around here. All right, let's go. No phones on you? And let me explain what's going on. A shadow yeah. government is no more difficult than a government. Yeah. And Ooh. so not only that, you don't, they don't have to get elected. It's even better. That, even nicer. Yeah. They can stay for a long time. They can, I mean, think about J. Edgar Hoover. How long did that motherfucker stay in power for? He was running the FBI wearing a dress for like 30 years. Because of <laughs> what you just discussed. Mm hmm Yeah. Like, like, there are, that, <clears throat> that's why I can speak with impunity about the Illuminati, because I know who you would have to be in order for what I'm saying to bother you, number one. Right. Number two, I know your big secret. I know that you're not the Illuminati. I am. <laughs> Real shit. You're not the Illuminati. I am. And this is true. Even I, I you know, I, I talked to my dad and I use the term Illuminati loosely and he just shakes his head when I use it loosely because, you know, uh, he knows what it really means, you know. 
Um, let me see if we can find a definition. Can we do that? Uh, I'm, I'm, ah, here we go. There, there's Britannica. Let's go with Britannica. Okay. So Britannica says, hold on, let me find it. All right. So Illuminati is the plural form of the Latin word illuminatus or illuminatus, meaning enlightened. Enlightened. And this comes back to something that I've professed many times through the years that. All right, so let's let's put it like this. If you're a hotep, you're an Illuminati. If you are a part of the power structure, you're in the Illuminati. So you have the good side and you have the bad side of the Illuminati, right? Because we are the enlightened ones. So we're talking about enlightenment. And some people like to segment people into different groups based upon income or race or class. When technically this game that's being played out here is about enlightenment um, and under enlightenment comes intelligence, fortitude, uh, uh, perseverance, uh, but most importantly, the willingness to do the hard stuff. That's mostly what, what this is about, right? So when you talk about people and why they don't understand crypto, why they don't understand investing, right? Because it comes with so many foreign terms. It's almost like you got to learn a new language. I mean, you technically do. When you, when you deal with investing, you deal with crypto, you're, you're, you're learning a new language, even in marketing. There's so many different acronyms and certain terms that, you know, mean this and mean that. And you have to learn a whole new vocabulary. So it's that mountain you got to climb to find enlightenment. And the thing that separates the people uh, who win and, and this thing that separates winners and losers is that willingness to climb the mountain to seek enlightenment. What 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 people have is the living dead and the living dead are uh, people who practice complacency. They're happy where they are. They're like, I know what I know. Right. Not to pick on strong dad, but you know, I'm picking on strong dad. Strong dad is a painter, a damn good one. Maybe the best in the world. Who knows? But strong dad knows painting. Right now, strong dad may be the type of person that goes, I know painting. This is what I know. And that's all I want to know. Now, I'm not saying that's how strong dad thinks, because I don't think that's how he thinks. But assuming he does hypothetical situation. I know what I know, and that's all I want to know. And this is complacency, where somebody has reached a certain level of uh, acumen in a, in a particular field, 
and uh, is happy there and doesn't want to learn anything new. There's some there's there's a chapter somewhere in the 48 Laws of Power that talks about this. Um, I can't remember what chapter it is, um, but they talk about how dangerous it is to stay in your castle or stay in your bubble uh, while the world evolves around you and you're not caught up. You don't you don't stay up to date with things. There's something else that. uh his last name is Schwartz. This is a great copywriter, sales copywriter. Schwartz is his last name. I forget the first name. Um, something, Eugene Schwartz, Eugene Schwartz. And um, he talks about, um, he says, if you want to write great sales copy, read the tabloids. And I found that quite interesting, right? And why? He's basically saying, read the tabloids, because then you know what the commoners are thinking. You know what the rank and file, what the everyday person, what they're talking about, what they're thinking about. And these are ways you can relate to them through pop culture and other different avenues of so-called culture. Which is fascinating. So you can't go so high that, you know, nothing that's happening on the street. That's why I follow the accounts I do on Instagram and I'm, I stay up to date on, you know, what new rapper got beef with this person. And, you know, um, you know, just the drama of things, you know, in popular culture. And that's because I can use that to my benefit. I can use that to somebody else's benefit. When I'm talking to somebody from the so-called streets, we can begin a conversation talking about, um, you know, Crip Baby or something like that, right? And then I can segue that and, re and use that to relate to something that's edifying and enlightening. Um, not sure how I got to this, but the moral of the story is Illuminati equals enlightened. That's what it means in, in Latin. Illuminatus, enlightened, and um, the difference, the, the the true, the true defining factor that separates all people in any great society or poor society are those who are enlightened and those who are not enlightened. And then you can segment it down further into people who want to be enlightened and people who are complacent. To be complacent, my analogy is. Um, stagnant water. What happens when you leave water still? It begins to grow. Things begin to grow in it. Bacteria, organisms, mold, uh, algae, you know, some good things, some bad things. But it, it, in stagnant water grows mold. This is one of my phrases. Stagnant water grows mold. But I didn't even talk about this on in, in survival. You know, if you have a sitting body of water, it's probably not safe to, to drink. What you want is moving bodies of water, streams and rivers. This is where you want to um, get your water from. If you were trying to survive in the wilderness, uh, rainforest or wherever you are, you want to look for moving bodies of water. 
and filter that water because um, you still want to filter the water, uh, you know, boil it, et cetera, et cetera, to kill any bacteria and germs. But that moving body of water is going to be uh, is going to is going to be uh, comparable to clarity. And you can use this analogy for your mental. If you are sitting still and you are not learning, you're not increasing, you're not growing, your brain begins to grow mold. It gets moldy, yucky, and you become retarded. But if you're always growing and always moving and keeping your mind sharp and exercising your mind, this is why I love chess. It forces me outside of my comfort zone. It forces me to discipline myself. I mean, chess is one of the hardest disciplines in the world to where when you first begin, you're fascinated by your ability to think three moves ahead. You're like, wow, I can think three moves ahead. And then you get better and you're up to eight. And now you're like, wow, I just calculated that entire variation. It was a total of eight moves right there. And I calculated all of that. And I was able to see all the different variations in that. Right. And then there's this other example of my chest training. And I remember my first lesson at the uh, chess club, uh, Field of Power Chess Academy in Miami with coach Alejandro. And I remember sitting down at the desk with the chessboard in front of me and no pieces. And he says to me, here's the position. And he tells us where the pieces are, but there are no pieces. I have to look at the board and try and figure out where mating two is or mating three without the pieces. You fast forward a couple of years later and he's like, yeah, you're going to have to do the same thing except no board. So he tells me where the pieces are and I have to close my eyes or I can now I can do it with my eyes open, which is another milestone where you tell me what the pieces are on the board and I'll find mating two without a board. Then there's playing the game without a board. I just say the moves and you and we play the game. And at a certain level, when you get to a certain level in chess, there is no board. You don't need a board. I just say the moves, you know, E4, E5, Knight F3, you know, and, and, and we move on like that. Knight C3, whatever it may be, or, you know, you play uh, D6, uh, protecting the pawn on E5, right? These different things. So moral of the story is you have to consistently challenge yourself in order to become the Illuminati. You have to challenge yourself in order to become the Illuminati. Let's go to the next timestamp. I think I've exhausted that topic. Next timestamp is at 22 minutes. So that was five minutes, 10 minutes. And the next one's at 22 minutes. So we're going to start right here. Oh, wait, there's an this... ad playing. Okay. Have to worry about food or shelter. You'll be taken care of, and now you can pursue your dreams. Is this the mark of the beast you're <laughs> yeah, speaking of, sir? I think it is. Right. Th that's the whole thing is it's never been difficult at any point in history. Like, like we got a dude right now that's telling you front and center that I put a computer in somebody's head, guys. Right. Like. Yeah. And like, everybody's going, yay. It's the greatest thing in the world, sir. Yeah. But we understood this 15, 20, 25 years ago 
we understood while watching Tron or while watching Cyborg, we understood that there was just this small line medically that needed to be crossed in order for us to be able to do these things. Yeah. Like if you can hook a battery up to an octopus and make it go like this, you're halfway there. Yeah. He's warning you about the Elon brain chip coming back to Charles Haywood. How could he not see it? Cat sees it. I see it. The Hotep see it. The conspiracy theorists see it. I'm sure Alex Jones and InfoWars sees it. You're not going to like the video? Oh, shit. My bad. Y'all, I'm terrible at this shit, y'all. I'm sorry. Here. Boom. Um, I'm terrible at engagement on YouTube. I'll watch a video over and over again and forget to like it. Um, but yeah, so a couple of shots was thrown at Elon during this. Autonomous vehicles. And now, once again, he's talking about Neuralink. A lot of a lot of subjects that um, many people want to stay away from because, well, they've made him your new leader, the leader of free speech. Let's go to the next. Uh, so that was at the 22 mark. The next one's at the 47 minute mark. Somewhere is about. Let's pull this up. Um, hold on. I want to get it just right. Almost there. Well, maybe let's see if it's here. Information. Willingly, because you're on it. That's what it became. Oh, wait. No. All right. Let's start. Fly. Right. Here. Link to lock us all together so everybody could read everybody's mind. That's what's going to happen. And then there's going to be no more leaders. There's going to okay. be no more governments. Okay. You're being very be no controversial more... right now. Okay. <laughs> Hey, yo, make sure y'all hit the like button, by the way. Yes, chat is right. Hit the like button, please. So look, that, that, better is better. that exists already. So just understand that um, the worldwide government is way smarter than we give them credit for because mm. we they have us. Worldwide government. He didn't say United States government. He said worldwide government. Believe and they don't do nothing. But the truth is, like, like, there's no such thing as the government um, is in bed with the Internet. No, the Internet is a government installation. Oh, this is a real, oh, this is a real, oh, this is a real hotel, brother. That they allowed the world to use for free so that they could have the information willingly. Mm. That's something we also talked about on this show where... Actually, it was a tweet I had a few days ago, um, and this was in reference to, you know, who's programming who? Are, are you are you programming yourself when you log into the Internet or are you being programmed by the Internet? And that's a choice. That's a decision. For example, if you watch the Griff Report, you are in control of you. You have chosen to watch this show because, you know, it's going to be mentally enriching. So you are programming you because you selected this. Now, some people are not as conscious as the Hotep community. Um, sorry, my brain had another thought and I'm not going to entertain. Um, 
but you chose this show because you want to program yourself. You want to become Illuminati. You want to become enlightened. But when everybody is plugged into the internet, I think I spoke about this the other day. Everybody's plugged into the internet. And back in the day, the only way to access people was through the TV and newspaper. And now they got 24 hour access to your brain. So not only are they gathering data, which Kat talks about here, but also 24 hour machine of pumping out propaganda and creating a hive mind. Even if you're, you know, some people believe that because they're aligned with the right, that they're an independent thinker. Some people think because they align with the left, they're an independent thinker. Some people think because they're libertarian, they're an independent thinker. And I'm looking at all the groups as they interact with each other online. And they're all talking about the same topics. Whatever topic the Illuminati, the dark Illuminati, let's call them the dark Illuminati, the dark Illuminati, whatever topic they toss into the fish tank, everybody fights over. What topic would you toss into your own tank? Why are we not talking about meditation, transcendental meditation? Why are we not talking about telepathy? Why are we not talking about uh, various forms of transportation? You know, not to say that we should be talking about transportation. I'm just saying these topics are not selected by us. So you go, I'm an independent thinker. I'm on the right wing. And this is how I feel about abortion. And I'm like, well, why are you talking about abortion? It's because that's what they gave you to talk about. <laughs> They've selected that. This is here. You guys want to argue here? Argue over this. Let's toss this in the fish tank. Oh, you know what would be cool? Let's have them argue over transgenders. Let's toss that into the fish tank. And everybody starts fighting. And then, and then you know, people argue over this topic and they go, I'm an independent thinker. But you're still thinking about the things that the Illuminati toss into the fish tank. <laughs> and this is the power that the Internet holds. This is why it's very important for you not to read the Internet when you begin your day. Do not read Twitter or anything like that. Be with yourself for at least 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. Be with yourself. Um... I like to listen to business podcasts when I'm in a gym. Uh, I do uh, 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 during my warm up. I listen to business podcasts because the business podcast I listen to is only like ten minutes, so it's perfect for a warm up. So I listen to business podcasts, and um, I listen to myself. I remember somebody um, asked me, you know, they said, "Hotep Jesus, how do you?" you know, we're talking about the subject of the subconscious mind. He said, "How do you know so much about the subconscious mind?" And aside from the studies I've done with, you know, uh, some occult, some occult manuscripts and uh, Carl Jung, aside from those things, the truth is I study myself. So in, in the mornings, this is what we got to do. You got to study yourself, study the things you think about, continually audit. Some people like to lie to themselves and make excuses to themselves why they shouldn't create better thoughts. Because that's really what the rest of your life is, the rest of your day, the rest of your hour, the next five minutes is about the, the, the health of your thoughts. 
And that's what the internet is after. It's in, it's after the health of your thoughts, right? So today is a day where I hadn't gotten a chance to really look at the timeline. And you'll see the alignment of my brain where another thing I do, I do a, a daily um, a daily opus, a daily opus. And um, I should probably read this one to you because this one was really good. This is today. I mean, they're all really good. This is jumps. If you want to get my daily opus, my daily email opus, hotepjesus.com. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Hotepjesus.com slash sub. Only for the Illuminati, though. Only for the light Illuminati. So this one goes, and this is this is what happens when your mind is not connected to the Internet. And I'm able to have these fresh thoughts. So I said, do you know what my superpower is? Well, the title is Hotep Jesus, the Wizard of Hotepistan. It says, do you know what my superpower is? I'll tell you, but you might laugh and think it's ridiculous. But here it goes. I believe in magic. My mind is not bound by unrealistic limitations. And this was inspired by the conversation we had yesterday with Strong Dad, where I saw people in the chat and others, you know, telling me about, you know, how hard it is to find good help and, you know, all these things. Just, just a bunch of I can't, I can't, I can't shit. And it's just that doesn't exist in my world. So as we continue, there's a quote here from Hotep Jesus says, what one man believes is impossible is step one in another man's journey. So you say this is impossible. And I'm like, well, that's just step one on my journey. <laughs> you know, they said it's impossible to get on Fox News uh, without pandering. It's impossible to get on Fox News without a publicist. You know, without um, what do they call it? You know, a, a electronic press kit. I don't have a press kit. Fuck, I need a press kit for it. Press kits are for like people who are starving, right? Um, press kit. Maybe I should have a press kit actually, but anyway. Um, but I did it, right? It's impossible to get on Joe Rogan. You got to know somebody. I did that, right? So again, my mind is not bound by unrealistic limitations. What one man believes is impossible is step one in another man's journey. So the things that I, you know, people have told me was impossible. I remember my roommate used to say negative things about, I used to be on a, on a couch reading self-help books. And he's like, those things are never going to help you. He went in his room and read Harry Potter. And um, those books helped me, right? So you're also going to have people who tell you, you know, all these things that you can't do, you can't do. And really what they're saying is they're projecting. They're basically saying, here's what I think is impossible for me. Well, that's for you. Well, that's how you think. But Hotep Jesus doesn't think like that. I think I have an ordained path to success. It's ordained. It's like blessed by the gods of Akhenaten, the whole Amenhotep dynasty is behind me. Okay, and my grandma somewhere, both of them. Continue. For now, let's remove all of the woo-woo magic wizard stuff and think more practically so you can understand me. What happens inside your body when you believe you can do something? That's too complicated. Let's try this another way. Let's say you're in a gym about to hit the bench press for your next personal record. What happens to that next set if you think negatively? What happens when you think positively? I'm sure many of us have been there, been in the gym and they say, got to psych yourself up. You know, that's what men do. We psych ourselves up. Well, what does that mean? Psych, psych. We're dealing with the mind. That means the mind is going to help you lift that weight. 
So regardless of outside forces, belief changes something inside of you. Every emotion starts with a thought and those emotions create chemical reactions within the body. When you have fear, your cortisol levels increase. When you have a great thrill, you get an adrenaline rush. All these things are mechanical in a way. So if you believe you can achieve something, the chemical composition within your body will coordinate to reach this achievement. This is all chemistry. This is all alchemy. This is all biological. When you're full of doubt, your thoughts will be consumed by it and produce more negative thoughts. But if you're optimistic, your thoughts produce fruit that can be harvested. Our ideas are one type of fruit born from this tree of optimism. So if you have a goal and you eat from the tree of optimism, you will find that ideas come in abundance. So basically what I'm saying is when you have uh, when you when you drink from the tree of optimism, when you eat from the tree of optimism. Your mind, uh, your 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 um, the neurons in your brain begin to interact with each other in such a way that it brings about productivity. And those things end up embedding messages within your subconscious mind where all great ideas come from, the subconscious mind. That's why sometimes you're chilling, not thinking about anything, and it's like an email. Like It just pops in your head. And you're like, oh, shit, I had a great idea. Like You didn't sit there and try and think of it. It just popped in your mind, right? It's the magic of drinking from the tree of optimism. But when you drink from the tree of pessimism or eat from the tree of pessimism, your mind begins to produce those type of thoughts and you don't get ideas. You don't find ways to find a great employee. But when you eat from the tree of optimism, you think about your employee, you're not thinking about, okay, it's hard to get an employee and, you know, I'm wanting to get an employee. When you eat from the tree of optimism, you're thinking about after I get the employee, here's how we're going to operate. You're already in the mode of working and not creating. It's like we've already created that relationship. So you, mentally, you already have the employee. This is the difference between optimism and pessimism. You're optimistic. You're like, yo, I know I'm going to get the employee, but what am I going to do when I get them? So when you start crafting these thoughts of, okay, here's how I'm going to, you know, make sure that they don't leave. And here's how I'm going to pay them. Here's when I'm going to pay them. And here's how I'm going to train them. And here are some things they might do wrong. And what exactly type of person am I looking for? What strengths, what weaknesses? And if they have these strengths, how will I use them? If they have these weaknesses, how will I make those weaknesses into strengths? So when you start thinking like somebody who already has an employee, well, we'll get to the woo-woo stuff another time. But when that employee comes, you'll be prepared because you've thought about these things. You've prepared for them. Um, so if you have a goal and you eat from the tree of optimism, you will find that ideas come in abundance. You will have a harder time organizing, prioritizing and remembering your ideas than harvesting, than harvesting them. And this is true. Like when you're an optimistic person, ideas just come. I have. I, I cussed myself out this week for not writing down a bunch of ideas. 
because they were just coming, coming, coming. And I didn't write nothing down. I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to remember that one. It's a great idea. I'm gonna... It's a lie that we tell ourselves that we're going to remember these ideas, especially when they come back to back. So the truth is, when you start writing them down, it'll be harder for you to organize and prioritize these ideas than it is to actually get ideas. The ideas will come because the neurons in your brain have started to coordinate in a way that uh, aligns with your, your path to success. Right? Um, so it says you will have a harder time organizing, prioritizing, remembering your ideas than harvesting them. And it is these ideas that allow you to overcome obstacles. So we think about obstacles, but if you're optimistic, you have the ideas, there are no obstacles. Now that we've covered what happens inside of you, what happens outside of you? Well, that's too woo woo for most. So I'll leave this here for now and let you speculate as a mental slash spiritual exercise. Okay. And you can go get my daily opus at hotepjesus.com. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. All right, let's go back. This is why vision boards work. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. Facts. Um, now let's go back. What timestamp are we on now? Okay, we're on that one. All right, let's go to the next one, which is, okay. Let's see. The next one is 118. One hour and 18 minutes in. Top 10 mistakes that I see beginner videographers making. Oh, boy, here we go. Interesting, because I didn't know how sophisticated the underwater listening devices are. But they have these super sophisticated underwater listening devices everywhere to make sure that Russia's not sneaking up on us. Because Russia will sneak up on a motherfucker. Russia stuck up on people before. Sir, <laughs> none of that is for Russia. You think it's for aliens? None of that is for Russia. Um, you, think it's, you think it's for aliens? Um, that would be the wildest what, shit of all time. What, what, underwater listening devices because uh, they knew that aliens were under there. Okay. Let's see if this is weed talk or not. Let's go. So which one do we know more about? Do we know more about space or do we know more about the oceans? We know more about space. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a bit. Oh, this is a real. Oh, this is a real. Oh, this is a real hotel, brother. Now, this is something I've been saying for a while. People keep talking about outer space and the aliens. And I had this profound thought. A couple of decades ago, decade ago, I don't know. It's been so damn long since I had this profound thought. But this thought came about when I was thinking about the oceans. They said there's so much unexplored ocean. And that got me thinking. I'm like, oh, shit. We looking up for the aliens when we need to be looking down for them. They probably in the ocean. And when we see them, they're probably emerging from the ocean and going into the sky and leaving or coming and then going into the ocean. That would make the most sense for why we can't track them down, why we can't interact with them. OK, somebody in chat said we haven't even covered 90 percent of the ocean. We've only scratched the surface. This is what I'm saying. Lawrence says as above, so below. Yeah. Profound, profound thought. Let's go to the next timestamp. Uh, so that was that was one eighteen. The next one's at an hour twenty seven. And again, I don't remember what these are. 
I just remember putting them down. All right, let's go here. Hold on, let me fix it. Right here. History, you know, there was um, this homunculus uh, oh. thing. Like and, a genetically and... engineered human? Life form. Life yeah. form. Mm -hmm. Creature. Right. Whoa. And so, you know, it's spoken of his in history um, very sparingly. But, um, you know, a lot of things in per, in in the world are, are about perception, you know? Yeah. So we don't believe that there's clones. We don't believe that because we don't feel like we have the technology. But the truth is, if you go body part to body part, you'll go, uh, what if I lost two legs? Well, we get So, chat, when he said this, I remember now, when he said this, First thing that came to my mind was the story of Yakub. Oh, this is a real hotel brother. And then the second thing that came to mind was this is a, uh, this is black nationalist folklore. Now the way the black nationalist folklore is, it's it's sort of spliced into the Yakub theory uh, uh, about the invention of white people. Okay, and, and the way this black nationalist folklore goes is at some point, well, there's some Nibiru shit in here too in my brain, um, some Anunnaki shit. Uh, but basically what happened was the cre this is about the creation of white people. And he kind of was about to go into this, but he's like, I don't want to get canceled. Um, but I'm just telling you, you know, the folklore, right? And some of the uh, ancient black nationalist folklore talks about the uh, creation of white people and how white people are really um and uh I, I apologize if you get offended by this but you know i'm just telling you what i know um so how it goes is all white people so-called white people have neanderthal dna Okay, African people don't have any Neanderthal DNA. All white people have Neanderthal DNA. So the way the theory goes is that uh, there was some interbreeding or intermixing between humanoids or humans and the Neanderthal. And this is how the first white man, so-called white man, is born. Allegedly. I don't know how fucking true this shit is. Um but this ties into the Yakub theory. The other theory is the whole Anunnaki theory uh, about the creation of humans. Uh, and this has to do with uh, Anunnaki DNA mixed with primates. And this has something to do with, you know, the 22 chromosomes or something like that. And we have 23. Is that how it goes? Chat, how many chromosomes are there? Human chromosomes. Let's see here. Um, Human chromosomes. Uh, okay. Okay, so in humans, each cell normally contains 23 pairs of chromosomes. Right. And I think that um, primates have uh, 22? No, 46. I'm sorry. Hum no, humans have 46 chromosomes. And the chimpanzee, gorilla, and orangutan at 48. This is how the story goes. And the way what they said is that uh, two chromosomes were removed by the ancient Anunnaki to create humans. This is the way um, the story goes. 
again, I don't know how true this shit is, but this is some of the stuff that came to mind while watching, um, while watching uh, 23 pairs, right? 23 pairs, 46 total, right, right. So that would give primates 24 pairs, okay? All right, let's go to the next timestamp. He's going full hotel. I'm like, damn, he taking me back to my my old days. All right, so that was an hour 27. Um, we haven't gotten to my favorite part yet. All right, so we're going to go to hour 35. One hour and 35 minutes. Let's go there. Introducing Hyperline. Oh, Jesus. Body armor. Okay, all right. Thank you. Um, okay, perfect. We're right there. No, no, we're not. Might be a good time to get a bunker, or at least some a supply of water. Well, here's the thing: if you follow what becomes accessible, that's how you can generally see where things are going, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's the true magicalness of Elon Musk, you know. It's take oh again. This is the third reference to Elon Musk. So Cat Williams is thinking like us. Oh, it's not on your screen. I'm sorry. Cat Williams is thinking like us. Take that guy out of the story and just tell that story. And yeah. <clears throat> and and Cat is this pause actually. This body language here is really encapsulates what this entire interview felt like where cat is dropping hints he's not he he, at no point does he fully flush out his ideas he's like i'm gonna drop this hint but i'm not about to flush this whole thing out because i'm on joe rogan's podcast shit gets clipped out of context it starts beef and drama and all this other shit right and um elon musk one of the most powerful people in the world and he's like, I don't want to sit up here and, you know, I don't know what the legal ramifications of this stuff are. But he was like uh, warning people about Elon Musk. Yeah. yeah, he's moving us into so many different directions all at the same time. The electric car thing, the Internet satellite thing, and now this Neuralink thing. The Neuralink thing is the craziest. Because one all of these things are connected in mm. these higher upper echelon conversations. I'm saying you see the same conversation um, with Tesla or Da Vinci or like. Cat likes to drop crumbs? Yeah. Information is what is limited. And. It was like seven or eight. Industries can be built upon your ability to know how certain things are going to hit certain people. And Mm. this was before we called things promotion and marketing you know nailed it nailed it all right let's go to the next timestamp. we're gonna go to phone lines in a little bit text hotep in your name at 202-596-5631 text hotep in your name at 202-596-5631 let's talk about all this shit next timestamp. i don't i don't know what randomly means um Mm. it's a seldom seen thing in the universe randomly I love that. I don't know what randomness is. What is randomness? What does that even mean? Right? I love that. I love that. That's 
it's a wise thing. It's a wise. It's a wise statement to to say. In fact, I should probably bring it back so you can get the context. Every seven years. I'm oh, here it is. That's gonna be a life, so I don't waste anything. I almost anything. missed it. I almost so missed it. This is I the part I wanted. I can't wait till I people live. Hundreds a good number, but there's been people that six hundred it seems. <laughs> I don't know. Like seems like this, but. I'm just going to space it out seven years at a time. So every seven years, I'm gonna, that's going to be a life so I don't waste anything. So I couldn't wait till I got seven because that was going to be the start of my first life. Why'd you bring it into sevens? Just randomly? <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know what randomly means. Um, okay. This is my favorite part of the interview. Um, and I want to bring it back just to show you Kat's posture when, when, when Joe asked him about that. Every seven years, I'm going to be Kat's life, reaction. so I don't waste anything. So I couldn't wait till I got seven because that was going to be the start of my first life. Why'd you bring it into I, sevens? Just randomly? <clears throat> I, I don't. I don't know what randomly means. Um. So Joe says, why'd you break it into sevens? Do you know who, like when he said it, I knew exactly what he was talking about. Mostly because I study this shit. But I knew exactly what he was talking about. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Watch this. You're going to go into your trusty, um, Search engine, you're going to type in the number seven and life cycle. Okay, it says there are seven phases of life the good life, the fast life, the wandering, da da da. Um, planting, planning. I don't know what the fuck this shit is, but that's not what I'm looking for. Right here, what does it say? Um, okay, what is seven year life cycle? According to Steiner, we all live our lives through 10 cycles each lasting seven years from the moment we are born until 70 and beyond throughout them. Uh, we pass through challenges, learn profound lessons, sharpen our physical and emotional instincts and discover spiritual growth. Um, I want to find, hold on. I'll find you a, a, a better source. Hold on. Let me see. Okay, let me see. I'm about to take y'all. We about to go deep in the occult. We about to go deep in the occult real fast. Hold on. Is it in this PDF? Okay. Um About to show you some shit. I don't even think I'm supposed to be showing you, but we're going to show it to you anyway. Hold on. I just want to skim and see if it's in this PDF. Uh, okay. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Uh, okay. Ah, here we go. All right. Yeah, it's in this document. All right. So let's put this on your screen. All right. So we're looking at chapter five here. All right. So let's go here. 
this is written by uh, a gentleman by the name of Harvey Spencer Lewis. I'll um, introduce you to him really fast. Hold on a second. Uh, very talented guy. Now, Harvey Spencer Lewis, he lands on a scene. Um, he's from New Jersey, by the way. He lands on the scene right around the time of Garvey and um, Noble Drew Ali. He lands on the scene right around the same time. This guy, Harvey Spencer Lewis, okay? And um, he founds this thing called uh, the Ancient Mystical Order of the Rose Cross. This is the more refined version of Rosicrucianism. Um, and you see his face here. This is Harvey Spencer Lewis, right? So he lands on the scene and he's basically like a, a mystic slash occultist. And he's written many great documents on the occult and mysticism and, and all of these things. But I want to jump down to chapter five and you'll see here and it says the simple periods of human life. One of the most simple and very apparent cycles of human life is one which the ancients observed and quickly learned to use as a basis for many of their mathematical and geometrical plans of life activities. Now, there is some things, some very interesting things we can deal with. Um, matter of fact, real quick, I got to stop right there because we got to talk about. Um, Uh, what's her name? Um, I know her name is Ruth. Ruth something. She has this great book on numbers. I'll get it later. But it's a very math. It's a base. It's it's basically a mathematical book, right? And and it shows you all these things that uh, Pythagoras learned when he went into the temples of ancient Egypt. And uh, Aristotle and, uh, is basically math, right? And and she dives into all the little mathematical equations and something I read you know, over a decade ago and probably should do a refresher on it. But when you talk about numerology, they, they break down the numerology into math. So it's not so woo woo because people think numerology, what are you talking about? You're in astrology and all that. And this is like, yeah, I am, but it's science based. Right. And, and I think it's very important to understand that science explains God and God explains science. They have a symbiotic relationship. Anyway, even in the modern right here, even in the modern science of medicine and in many of the newer statistical forms of analysis of human uh, uh, economics, this ancient cycle of human uh, life is utilized as a fundamental scheme. According to this primary cycle, human life is divided into a progression of periods each period lasting approximately seven complete sun years or seven years, approximately 365 days each, merely as an illustration of how this simple cycle manifests itself and not to use this cycle as part of the system to be explained later on. I will call your attention to the fact that we can easily divide our lives into periods of seven years and notice how each period has brought its definite results and produced effects upon our growth, development and mastership. And then he goes on and he explains what happens in each period. So this is period one is birth to the seventh year, then goes on. Right? And you have your your several periods here. And uh, if you know anything about numerology, it always or just math. Uh, nine is the last integer. Right. So it stops at period nine, but it could go on further. 
Another interesting thing here is um, the other periods of seven years each contribute to spiritual development, the gradual breaking down of the physical body. The end of the cycles is approximately 144 years in order uh, that the cycle of life may uh, harmonize with other cycles and other periods, which will be dealt with later on. I'm not going to get into that, but it gets into like uh, reincarnation and some other shit. Am I getting too deep for y'all? Is this like too heavy? Am I? Am I? Anyway, so when Cat said, Retroneon said, could Cat be talking about the seven chakras as well? Um, interesting question. Uh, you know, I, I can't really say for certain what was going on in Cat's mind. Uh, however, uh, my guess is he's talking about the life cycles. There's there's a certain life cycle, and it, and it tells you a lot about what he was reading when he was a kid, because that is a known occult thing that we have these cycles of life that revolve around seven years. Somebody throw a thumbs up in the chat. If you know about the seven year life cycle, throw a thumbs up in the chat. Ah, here it is. I found the book. Hold on. I'm gonna put this up on your screen. So you get another really good book and then you'll see what I'm talking about. This one's written by Ruth Phelps. Um, it's called The Universe of Numbers. And um, let's go here. So, again, stuff I've studied over you know, 10 years ago. Um, so on the Joe Rogan experience with Cat Williams, you heard him talk about Hermes uh, Trismegistus. Uh, so Hermes is actually Tahuti. This is, uh, they call him Thoth in Greek. They call him Thoth, but in ancient Kemet, his name was Tehuti or Jehudi. And Tehuti and Jehudi have two forms. Tehuti has two forms. Um, I'll show you. One of them is the baboon. Uh, and the other one is um, this uh, ibis. This, this, this um, bird here is called an ibis. So you'll see Tahuti uh, be presented in two forms. One of them is the ibis bird, and you can find these in um, in Florida. And the other form he has is the baboon. And let's see if we can see an image of him as a baboon here. Mm. They often show him as the ibis. All right, I'm about to type in baboon. And then you'll see him like this. He'll come in this form and you'll see the sun above his head, which I think means enlightenment. But he's also a scribe. He's a, he's a scribe. He's an accountant. That's really what uh, if you study. I studied under Shaka Akmo, so he gave me this information. This is all coming from Shaka. If you guys haven't paid Shaka for his information, you probably want to do that. He'll give you private sessions. Um, tell him to do it for like a hundred dollars an hour and he'll probably talk for 12, um, and you'll get your money's worth, but highly suggest, uh, talking to him and, and, and getting some lessons. He used to give me lessons from like midnight to 4 AM and I'd be falling asleep, like trying to stay awake. And he'd be like, yo, you ain't got no stamina. I'm like, I know, I know. Shut up. <laughs> so to comes in those two forms, let's go back. So there's a universe of numbers. Uh, 
And the interesting thing about this is, um, like I said, is a it's uh it's a very um all right. So here we we deal with um uh Py Pythagoras's uh, triangle. He gets so Pythagoras gets credit for this, but Pythagoras learned this uh from the ancients and ancient Kemet. That's just historical fact, right? So. Uh, he goes into the temples and he learns about all of these numbers, right? So let's go in here and see if we can find something about the number seven. Um, so it talks about Jewish mysticism and uh, this is Kabbalah. Um, yeah, there's seven planets there's a lot in here and, and i'm not going to be able to recall it because like i said i read this many many years ago seven days of the week is another um situation happening here and it dives a lot i love i love some of the stuff in kabbalah i love some of the kabbalah stuff they deal in at some point i was learning hebrew just trying to understand what the fuck I was reading here. Oh, the seven spheres, uh, seven planets. They say nine. It's seven. Um, seventh sun. Anyway, this is uh, Universal Numbers by uh, Ruth Phelps. If you guys want to download and read that, it's pretty much like must read material. Um, the seven year cycle that occurs. Um, there's Jewish. The Jewish sabbatical year, also known as the Shemitah, is a seven-year cycle that occurs every seven years. See, there you go. Seven sages, seven hermetic principles. Uh, the Bible has three cycles of seven. There you go. You guys are starting to see the correlation here. Um, Drew V, he threw a thumbs up. He knows about the life cycles of seven. Jabari knows about the life cycles of seven. Jay's world. If you came from the conscious community, Hotep community, you definitely know about this. If you study the occult, you definitely know about this. So when Joe asked me, he's like, why seven years? Well, this is um, just general occult knowledge, just stuff that you need to know. Uh, and you need to know where you are in your life cycle, right? So you do some calculations. What is your age now? Divide that by seven and you'll see um, where you are in your cycles. And then you can refer back to this book um, that I showed you before and it'll um, tell you where you are in your life cycle and it may find some meaning. Now, I'm a little, little weird because I haven't checked my seven-year life cycle in over a decade, mostly because... Um, when I read the book, I took into account the cycle I was in and the, and the coming cycle. So I'm sort of conscious about it and I probably should go do a refresher, but it told me, um, actually, let's see where I am in my life cycle. Let's just do this now since we're going to fucking big brain this shit. Um, okay where what cycle am i in and then we'll we'll take a look at that um all right so i'm okay so i'm leaving i'm leaving my sixth period 
this year. I'll be leaving my sixth period, right? What year is this? No, actually, I'm in my seventh. What am I talking about? I'm in my seventh. So it says, uh, in this period, the desire to rest, meditate, uh, philosophically speculate, builds up in a human being a new chapter, which unfolds strongly and uniquely in each case until the individual becomes a new person with new hopes, new desires, and a new point of view in life, and a new goal, and an ideal toward which to labor. And I'm feeling that heavily now. Like I've been feeling that. Like for example, I reached out to two of my astrologers to ask them for some meaning, right? And I told them um, my favorite color changed. Ironically, my favorite color is the same color as flow. It's orange. And uh, I'll show you an example of this because if you look at the home screen here on my app, on my phone, you'll see here, I changed the Twitter icon to orange. Uh, when we check my Trello app, my Trello app here, you'll see my Trello app I changed the background to orange. So my favorite color changed. It changed from red and black to orange. So I asked my astrologer, I said, what is this about? And and they basically corroborated. They were a little bit different, but they basically corroborated and said, yeah, you're going through some serious changes right now and you're about to level the fuck up. Keep going. So now here I'm reading this and I'm like, oh shit, I'm fucking, I just entered my seventh cycle. So this is very interesting, right? So it says the mind is turned more strongly toward religion and philosophy than to business. And this is true, even though I'm a business guy. If you can see, like even my tweets and everything is sort of changing and I'm becoming more philosophical, which is ironic. It is also turned into those humanitarian activities that bring uh, consolation and peace by giving help, health, happiness to the downtrodden, disconsolate. I'm sorry, I didn't have it on the screen and despondent. So surely does this period work out in the average person's life to some degree that one may easily judge the approximate age of any eminent character by noting the tendencies of his habits, uh, habits and the trend of his thoughts. Even when such a person is very in, in very moderate circumstances, I'm in moderate circumstances and can do nothing more than wish he were able to do the things that he has in his mind and heart. So this is Hotepistan and all of this stuff and helping people. This is, and this is why I, I I didn't need to read this because, as I said before, I study myself. And when I study myself and I see things like my favorite color changing and my desires and, and things I want to entertain. And if you look in this election year, how everything's gone dark and I'm like, well, I'm not going to join that. I'm going to go light and we're going to bring people to the light. We're going to bring people to the illumination. This is where I am in my life cycle. Um, so, yeah, that's what Kat was talking about. Kat was talking about um, the seven year, the seven year cycle. Um, Mr. Got Plenty. And so when he said it, I was like, oh, shit, Kat knows about the seven year cycle. Like, dude is definitely mad hotel. Mr. Got Plenty, thank you very much for the super. You are appreciated. Consciousness on another level. Everyone is fascinated by what Cat Williams is saying, but Hotep's been told me. Facts. Facts. This is why I said Cat Williams went full Hotep on this episode. Full Hotep. But I, I, I should probably take that back because he didn't go 
I mean, he went full hotep with the topics, but he didn't flush them out because it's just like orange is a confidence color, right or no? I think red is a confidence color. Orange is a derivative of red. I think, uh, how do you make orange again? It's red and, no, red and green makes blue, I think. I forget. Um, no, green and yellow makes orange, right? I think green and yellow makes orange. Chat, chat, correct me if I'm wrong. I forget my primary colors. Um, but orange is, uh, I don't know. I don't know what orange is. I, I, I can feel what orange is, but I couldn't quite explain it. But it's definitely some sort of, uh, it's kind of following the chakra color, ain't it? Hold on. Chakra colors. Hold on. Let's see here. Oh, I'm rising. I'm rising. So like I said, my favorite color was red, right? So that's, that's the, the lowest chakra, right? I, at one point, purple was my favorite color. So, um, but that was, that was definitely during an enlightenment phase. Um, so I'm at orange now. So I'm slowly moving up this chakra system. It's it, as, or it seems that way, right? Anyway, let's come back. Um, all right, next timestamp. I think I've exhausted that subject and we still got to go to phone lines. Um, what's the next timestamp? But that was my favorite part of the interview. That was like the highlight for me, you know? Um, what makes red and yellow? Red and yellow? Yeah, red and yellow makes orange. What am I talking about? I'm sorry. Red and yellow makes orange. Yeah, red and yellow makes orange because orange is a derivative of red. I had that right the first time. I'm an idiot. Um, let me fix this on your screen. All right. Next timestamp is at two hours and 38 minutes. This is this is a very interesting part of the conversation here. It's funny, too. It's funny. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. No idea. It's where they need to focus and they would know certain things. And that's where, you know, this is why AI exists. Did I pass it? You know, if, if you're, you're, you're a, your personal AI, you, you store your information, you make moves based upon what you've learned. So it's not a difficult process. All through history, they had these oracles and these heads and mm -hmm. that gave answers. Right. And this is where that whole occult conversation intersects is because at the end of the day, information is information and the universe is built on a yin-yang thing that is applies to everybody and we're slowly getting connected to that oracle slowly getting sucked into that black hole to the point where it will be inescapable right yeah and those old billionaire dudes would love to be in control of all that look what else are you to do with that type it's of coming up <laughs> buy a bigger yacht like, yeah that's the problem right it's like, like what's the next game you know what's the real game as human beings, that's what our expectations are. Yeah. Of. Always. 
Yeah, what can you do? And at the end of the day, no matter how much money you amass, it's only about either how you can help others. And if you do that, you're never going to be fulfilled either because you're never going to help enough people. And that's going to be your whole thing is not being able to help enough people and just wishing that you can help more. Right. Or feeling like everybody is a commodity and that's the way these things work and find out who I'm going to take advantage of and do so. And that's a major part of a lot of things. Like another major pattern that human beings fall into time and time again. Well, you know, the Jewish people are powerful people on this planet. And a lot of that has to do with the process that they have in instilling in their young people a certain amount of information and wherewithal and conversation that does not happen with other cultures, let's say. Mm. And um, that exists only in a few places around the world, but they're always important, um, especially if you look at things from a non-religious point of view. Again, it goes back to information. At all points. Yeah. <laughs> <In all. laughs> Joe was like, nah, we ain't about to be talking about the Jews on my show. <laughs> Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. <laughs> you ain't about to talk about Jews on my show. Now, I like that timestamp. I want to play it back just a little bit. A certain amount of information and wherewithal and conversation. Everybody is a commodity and that's the way these things work and find out who I'm going to take advantage of and do so. And that's a major part of a lot of things. Like another major pattern that human beings fall into time and time again well you know the jewish people are powerful people on this planet and a lot of that has to do with the process that they have in instilling in their young people oh this a real hotel brother that's what i'll be saying y'all be mad at the jews and the power that they got. But all you telling me is what you don't understand. There is a particular process that is practiced in the Jewish community that is not practiced in other parts of the world, particularly about how they raise their young. Why is it that Jewish kids grow up with such high IQs? Why is it that Jews dominate the world of chess? Why do they dominate the world of math and science and medicine and law and business? What is happening? The question you have to ask yourself is what is happening in their schools? Why is it that you send your your kids to public school and Jewish kids go to Jew school. What is the lesson to be learned there? You complain about 
the education system and Jews don't. Jews don't complain, complain about this. Yeah, number two chess player in the world is a Jew. His name is um, Fabiano Caruana. Great guy. A fabulous guy. I love Fabi. Fabi's really cool. Matter of fact, I should show you Fabi. Um, he's got a podcast, too. His, his podcast is amazing. Um, Fabiano Caru. Oh, wait, no. Let me plug this into... Um, and you'll see when I when I plug him in, you're going to be like, yeah, he's definitely fucking super genius fucking kid. Um, here he is right here. Come here for a second. I want to show you my atomic. Nobody cares about your atomic calendar, bro. Complete domination. That's Fabio on the right. And yeah, that's what happens when. Um, when, yeah, when your team is uh, Anish and Danny, I mean, that's. You get what you, what you deserve. So he's number two chess player in the world. It's it's probably like him, Magnus, and then Hikaru, and then you can argue over who's after that. But number two chess player in the world is a Jew, right? So the question is, what is happening? And you see this in the Muslim community, too. You notice that Muslims have their own private school. The Islam has their own private school, right? So what's the lesson to be learned here? You know, you can hate on the Jews all you want, but really what you're saying is you haven't learned the lesson. The lesson is where are your conservative schools? And this is something that the Hoteps understand. That's why when we set up Hotep Nation as a 501c3 nonprofit, who did we decide to support? The homeschooling community. Because we were like, if we are really going to change this world for the better, We've got to support homeschoolers. We ha or zoom out a little bit. We have to think about the next generation. We believe that children are the future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the things you possess inside. Give them the brain. Answer. I don't know the words, but y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm singing a version from Coming to America, by the way. <laughs> but children are the future. And Jews know this. So what do they focus on? Heavy, heavy, heavy on the education. Asians know this. Heavy, heavy, heavy on the education. Everybody else, they focus on other things. They don't focus on education. Or they outsource education to who? the United States government. Then you wonder why your kids come home, don't know what gender they are, get beat up, don't learn nothing, graduate with all A's and still stupid, graduate with a degree, still stupid. It's something that you have to learn about teaching your children. Let's go to the phone lines. Text Hotep, your name to 202-596-5631. I'll be right back after this short brief commercial break. 